Hey everybody, welcome to the Going For Two podcast. It has been a while, and this is a podcast where we may not know where we're going, but we usually know where we're at. Ben, do you know where you're at today? Um, I do. I'm still in the same house that I've been in for, I don't know, the past, it feels like five years, but it looks like we're seeing light uh, at the end of the tunnel, so I'm hoping to get out of this tunnel fairly soon. Logan, where are you currently? I'm not at the new uh, Rangers Ballpark Globe Life Field, but if I were, I would be with a full capacity crowd. Isn't that crazy? Wow, that really is. Um, Ooh, man. Yeah, that is that is crazy. Hopefully, we will get to full capacity crowds um, in the next year or so. I know that the NBA was talking about having – 20 I guess it's the 2022 season uh whatever mm-hmm. the next NBA season is having full capacity crowds then and there which is just one look at the segue it's just one of the many many headlines that have occurred since we've last recorded look at it's been a minute it it surely has um all right let's see let's just quick recap um we have the last time we recorded was probably what uh Three months ago, something like that. That's yeah. That's, we've I think so. we've taken. We just let our listeners, you know, see what else was out there. Realize there are no sports podcasts as good as ours, and uh, feel the urge to come back and listen to us. And uh, we wanted to, <clears throat> you know, keep them waiting a little bit so that when we finally release this podcast, they would be like, "Oh my gosh, it's here! <laughs> Best sports podcast available." Um, so we appreciate all. Uh, the one dozen of our listeners for yes. feeling that way. It's much appreciated. The dozen and dozen. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> so we're going to touch on a, a several different things in this episode. And listeners, we want to hear from you. Like, we're not going to go super in depth on a lot. So there's been so many headlines. What do you want us to dive deep on? What should we make our next episode on? Uh, hit us up. Send us a message. Most of you have our phone numbers. We know that. Like that's <laughs> that's cool. You can text us. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> just let us know. Social media. Yeah, some of you are neighbors. Yeah, just walk over to our house. Let us know. Mom and dad. You know, you, you can you can just call us directly. Um, all right. So within the past three months, just I'm just gonna rattle off some of the things that have happened in sports, like in the world of sports over the past ninety days. Um, let's go off the top of my head. We had an entire March Madness season go by. Yes. Um, so we had March Madness, Final Four, um, uh, Baylor winning the national championship. Everybody's brackets going terribly. Um, we had the NBA season continue to roll on. Uh, Embiid looked MVP count. Uh, the Joker is, is playing. I believe last I checked, he was on the, Front line to earn MVP over Braun and uh, some of those other uh, normal names. Uh, We had uh, opening day, as you mentioned, in baseball, which we don't cover a lot of baseball. So that's a rare baseball Mm -hmm. mention on the Going for Two podcast. But we did have opening day. Got to get it in there. Um, We had uh, crazy, crazy NFL free agency uh, moves, which I'm sure we'll chat about a little bit in this podcast as well. Um, You know, we had things like a lot of there was a lot of the movement within the draft right there was a lot of there were some free agents signed jj watt to the cardinals was a big one 
Um, and then obviously all the things that have been going on with the Deshaun Watson allegations have been a huge headline in the NFL in the offseason. Um, but a lot of moves specifically within the draft um, and just a quick ad, a quick plug. Logan and I will be doing a Going for Two special edition podcast uh, within the next couple of weeks doing our predictions for the draft, so stay tuned for that. Be on the lookout. You can subscribe, follow, and you'll be notified when that comes out. Um, but the draft coming up in two weeks, teams preparing, getting their big boards. The 49ers have been going, going, going. Um, Logan, did I miss any big sports headlines? Um, I feel like I, I – Sure, I definitely did, but I can't recall. I'm I'm sure you did, but I, you know, we'll we'll swing by. We'll we'll make a pass at it, and we'll probably catch it on the back end. For so sure. Ben, let's let's go ahead and let's start. Let's get our non-football out of the way, so we can just dive okay. deep into football. So, Ben, who's going to win the World Series in Major League Baseball? <laughs> <laughs> oh wow, that's uh, that was a. Get ready for this. That was a curveball. <laughs> um, let's see. With my plethora of baseball knowledge, you know, I mean, honestly, it's a shame that Fernando Tatis Jr. was recently injured. Mm, that's true. Um, I did hear that. So I do know he plays the baseball. Te- <laughs> the team that he plays for will suffer at the <laughs> position at which he plays. <laughs> Padres. <laughs> pa- the Padres will uh, suffer. But, yeah, you know um, – I'm going to go with a hometown team uh, that I know has been good, at least in the past five years or so. Uh, I don't know, obviously, if they're still good or not. Uh, I'm guessing they kind of are, but I'm going to go with the Washington Nationals. Okay, I'll go with a homer pick um, from D.C. Go Nats. Um, I'll I'll pick them. Logan, who is your pick to win the World Series? Ben, I think that's a really good pick. Um, Nice. Mainly because I I know nothing about baseball right now. I'm going to go with the Dodgers. They won last year, and everyone says they're good. I listen to a lot of sports radio, and yeah. they're, they're supposed to be good. So we'll go with the Dodgers. So now that we've got our baseball talk out of the way. For the year. <laughs> for the year. Right, for, yeah. For the year, Until yeah. we get Daniel Zapata back on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, he can tell us who won. Talk. So, yeah. Let's uh, – <laughs> what do you think about the NBA? Yeah, the NBA is um, has been uh, really interesting to watch because um, Braun's been out mm-hmm. for a little bit. He recently just was injured. I don't know if he's come back to play yet, but he, I believe he got injured like right after Anthony Davis came back from his injury. So the Lakers have been banged up, which has paid the way for the Jazz and the Nuggets to kind of carve out a little bit more of the Western Conference um, like they did during the playoffs last year, but weren't able to um, edge out the Lakers. Um, but, you know, I mean, the big, the biggest storyline probably in the entire NBA this season has been what's going on in Brooklyn. Because, um, you know, somehow it's just, right. all of a sudden it was just, oh, Brooklyn, you know, they're terrible. They're always the bottom of the league. And then, oh, Steve Nash head coach, Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving. Boom. All right. <laughs> Go. And uh, so that's been really interesting to watch. It has really been interesting, not just because, you know, it's a super team now, um, an overnight super team, um, but it is interesting because Kyrie, KD, and um, 
James Harden have played so few games actually together. I think it's um, seven. They've seven games that they played together. That sounds about right. They've been so banged up that they just haven't had that trio. And when they have, they're like five and two, I think. But which is great, you know, which is what we'd expect. But that's been kind of the talk of the NBA um, this season. So, Logan, I'm interested to hear your perspective. You know, guys being out in the regular season, even when they're banged up a little bit, that's not that's not abnormal at all, right? You know, it's right. it's it's very normal for someone to rest, understandably so, when they have like a small injury. Um, whereas if it was the playoffs with that same injury, they would they would play through it, and so it's not uncommon. Um, you know, I think probably if you tried to pick three guys, I think statistically, if you try to pick three guys on another team and say how many games have they played together, it, it might not be, you know, super far off from um, what the what the trio in Brooklyn has been doing. But what do you think about their kind of stride going into the postseason? Will the, were their lack of chemistry and experience hurt them? Are they going to be healthy enough? I mean... Where do you what do you see them doing in the postseason? Well, based on how they've constructed their roster, not just in those three guys, when bringing in James Harden to an already fragile mix of Kyrie and KD, then they went out and um, signed uh, Blake Griffin when he got yep, bought yep. out, and they signed Lamarcus Aldridge when he got bought out. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Both of those guys have injury histories as well. So they have Kyrie who could at any given moment decide a personal issue is going to keep him out of a game. James Harden, who mm-hmm. can't stay out of the strip club and won't, wouldn't wear a mask when he was in Houston. I think he's probably dealing with the protocols better now that he's on a team that he wants to be on. And Kevin Durant, who, man, that, the, his frame is just not built to play 70 games a season yeah yeah so but based on how they put that roster together they they don't believe that chemistry is going to be a problem i i do i do think that chemistry is going to be a problem and i i just can't see i can't see it happening i don't think they will be able to overcome um the adversity, uh, the adversity that's going to hit when they get into the playoffs, they they're going to face a, a few good teams. Uh, you know, right now they're they're tied for the one seed uh, with Philadelphia, so they'd be playing either Boston or the Knicks. So playing the Knicks, okay, that's a joke. But if they're playing Boston, that is no joke. That's a well coached yeah. team. That is a team whose core has been playing together for uh, three to four seasons. Um, Then you're going to have to at some point face um, one of these teams, Miami, Milwaukee, or or Philadelphia. Those are the three that I think are going to end up one of those three in the Eastern Conference Finals. And none of those can can be taken lightly. Um, They're all talented teams. Philadelphia is finally putting it together under Doc Rivers. And if they can stay healthy, they're they're going to be a tough out. Um, Milwaukee with Giannis is, you know, he is hungry. He's not going to hold back. And then Miami showed what they that what they were capable of last year in the bubble. And I don't think that we can count out their chemistry. And they are going to be healthier and 
uh, play more as a team. Their addition of Victor Oladipo may not be working out for him right now because it looks like he may be done for the season. That's possible, but if he comes back, really and truly, that's just gravy on top of what they already had going for him last year. Yeah, yeah, really good points. Do you think <clears throat> it's championship or bust in Brooklyn? Oh, yeah. that You didn't put together yeah. that super team for any other reason. Um, but it's also that way in in Los Angeles for the Lakers and the Clippers. So there's – Sure. That's And that brings us to kind of another conversation. Uh, I have two questions, so I'll ask the first one. Um, do you like the super teams? <sighs> do I like the super teams? Oh, man. Um, I will say – let's see. Do I have a good – I'm trying to think of a good comparison, like a good analogy, like the time you, I think it was you called Patrick Mahomes a, a, a gas station burrito or something, <laughs> but it was like a compliment somehow, which was, you know, that's, you must have some good gas station burritos down in Texas, which I don't doubt that. Um, but I would say it's, it's a necessary uh, evil, or maybe not necessary, but it's an inevitable evil. Um, Looking at the teams that have won the championships in the past five years, you know, you have the Warriors dynasty, um, which I will, I would call even with Steph, Clay and Dre, I would call that a super team, even, even though they drafted, mm-hmm. um, I would call it a super team. Then you look at what's, you know, with the Lakers, obviously, um, you know, I would call that a super team with AD and, um, with, and LeBron, you know, so I think it's I think it's necessary to be able to win. I mean, correct me if you can think of one, but I can't think of a a championship that has been won in the NBA in the past five years that hasn't been won by what we would consider a super team. I mean, even going back to obviously the Heat days with LeBron and his right. his super super team, and and even like the going back to the early two thousands with the Spurs and what Popovich put together and similar to Steve Kerr put together a super team of the big three with Manu and um, Tim Duncan and uh, Tony Parker. I mean, that those were really talented, very talented players as well. So I, I don't, I guess probably my answer to question is no, I don't like the super team. Mm-hmm. I would love, love, love if like Donovan Mitchell just went off and beat the Lakers in the Western conference finals and then went and beat the Nets in the finals. Like, you know, oh, you know, I guess you can make your argument thinking back for it. Well, here's the thing. The Raptors a few years ago beat the Warriors, but let's not pretend that the Warriors would not have killed the Raptors in that playoff series if Steph or if uh, Clay, Draymond, and KD weren't like all injured. It was basically just Steph versus the Raptors at that point. So, yeah, all that to say, I don't like the super teams. Um, I would much rather see a team win it that was relying upon like one or two solid players. Um, but I think that it's it's something that you know started back with um, Boston and Kevin Garnett. That mm-hmm. was like truly, truly the forming of a super team infrastructure that we've seen through the means of free agency instead of drafting. That was the start of it. Um, in the mid two thousands and it's been, you know, that's the same type of infrastructure setting for the past 15 years that we've seen. So 
I don't like it, but I think it's here to stay. Yeah, I'm I'm afraid I, I agree with you that it's it's probably not going anywhere without wide sweeping changes to the basketball CBA. Um, yeah, because yeah, we started with the the Celtics with uh, Ray Allen, Kevin Garnett, and Paul Pierce, and what we've <laughs> yeah. evolved into is the Nets, where yes, two players got there by a free agency, and did it somewhat the right way by, you know, playing out the the terms of their contract and then leaving and choosing a new team. Mm-hmm. Then you had James Harden who forces a trade and runs his starts to run his value down to where he can get to where he exactly where he wants to go. And then you have buyouts, which the buyouts yeah. are coming from teams tanking. So you just have complete opposite ends of the spectrum. And then what that does is that takes those teams in the middle. So those teams that are fighting right now for the play-in game, so you know teams in seeds 10 through 7 are hopelessly lost for possibly the next decade. Right. You know, it's yeah, like they've got a hit in the draft because it is impossible to win yeah. without a third star and you have to hit that in a middle mid-round pick. And right, exactly. You know, that's that's where that's where we're at, and that's what I don't like. Um, what I don't mind at all is the Spurs dynasty. We call it a super team, but all of those players were drafted or traded for on draft night. The yeah. Warriors dynasty, minus the acquisition of Kevin Durant, which even that, like, he was a free agent. That's 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 his prerogative, but he would never have chosen that team on its own merits, like he chose um, Brooklyn because San Francisco wasn't that big market. Oakland wasn't that big market. He chose it because they'd already built the team through the draft. And right. he was that really fourth star. And so that that's that's even okay with me. It's this, the buyouts, the tanking, the, it just puts these teams that are, what I think are typically built the right way, like the Mavericks right now, in in purgatory, essentially. They're just just waiting. Yeah, right. Yeah, I agree. It takes the – you know, we all want to see uh, David have a chance against Goliath, but with mm-hmm. the formation of these super teams, you have three Goliaths, and David doesn't stand a chance um, in this setting. And so – and that's really kind of annoying to see because – rarely do we see two Goliaths go up against each other. That would be very compelling to watch. Um, you know, like a, a Brooklyn Nets go up against the Lakers this year. Mm-hmm. That would be fun to watch. We haven't really seen that uh, in the past five years. We've seen a David go up against a Goliath instead of two Goliaths in the championship. Um, so it's been, it, it, from the sports fan sort of sports purist perspective. I don't think anybody really likes it, um, but I think it's here to say it's yeah. here to stay. So second question. Yep. So we've established, we don't like the super teams, but the two biggest headlines in the NBA right now are the Brooklyn Nets and the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers currently because of injury issues sit at the fifth seed with a record of 33 and 20. And the Brooklyn Nets sit at the second seed or tied for the first with a record of 36 and 17. 
Mm-hmm. If you only listen to headlines, if you only read headlines, you would think those two teams are going to meet in the NBA championship and one of them is going to win it. If you had to place money on it, Ben, would you take one of those two teams or the field? Oh, this one's easy. One of those two teams. Really? Without a doubt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, if you were to ask me if I would have to take, you know, if you even narrowed it down and said, would you take the Lakers of the field or the Nets of the field? But, oh, yeah, I definitely think the Lakers or the Nets have – I would definitely bet on them rather than the field. I think that to, there's, there's – To win the championship, not just get there, to win. For sure. Wow. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Um, they're, doing the, they're doing the regular season trot right now of players kind of banged up, you know, oh, it's long season, COVID, protocols are annoying, all that kind of stuff. Um, and we've seen super teams do this in the past. Um, and then come playoff time, what happens? Oh, everybody's super healthy all of a sudden and ready to roll. Um, you know, I don't think that, you know, so I think that all three of KD's, uh, Harden and Tyree will be healthy come playoffs. And then I think the Lakers will. I think LeBron is that big question, although AD's always banged out, but I think they'll both be healthy going into the playoffs. Um, they both, like you said, um, butchers their rosters even more to add complementary pieces to the stars. I mean, I think it's – I would be very, very shocked. And I would say barring injury, I definitely would take um, those two teams over the field. What say you, Logan? I'm on the other side of it. I just don't okay. think that the odds are in their favor because of those – the injury history and the, the lack of chemistry. On the on both of those squads, like I, I'm not confident that they're gonna they're gonna make it. And then I also think that there are challengers waiting in the wings. And you know, a lot of times, like you look at those teams and you say, okay, well, these teams aren't proven yet. Like they don't have that playoff experience. But this in this case, Philadelphia is no longer a young team. Their two stars are veteran players and veteran superstars. Milwaukee has yep. playoff experience. Miami was in the championship last season. Boston is no longer a young team in the East. And then we go to the West, Utah with Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, and Rudy Gobert have playoff experience. Phoenix now, Phoenix is the team that doesn't. They're, they're the outlier that's sitting at the second seed. That's crazy. But Den- uh-huh. yep, Denver yep. is... It is ready. They've been to the conference championship. Jokic and Jamal Murray are not rookies, not not young players anymore. They're veterans. And then Portland is always going to be dangerous with Damian Lillard. So it doesn't. It's not going to take much. It's not going to mm-hmm. take a huge misstep for either of those teams to get eliminated. And we're not we're not going into it as they they're not the seventy three and nine Warriors, not neither team where they're going to roll through those first couple rounds. Like they're going to take some lumps, and this is the year for, in my mind, for the underdog for Goliath to take down or for <laughs> David to take down Goliath. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that would be great. I would love that. Um, you know, I. I don't see it happening. Um, I don't think chemistry is as, as big a deal as it, it can be made up to be. I think, you know, 
they've got enough scores on both teams to get the job done. But I'm sure we could debate this all day. I kind of think we buried the lead a little bit for this for this episode because you know we talked about um, and, and stop me if you want to keep talking about NBA, but we we talked about NFL headlines. We talked about. Uh, you know, general March Madness headlines. We talked about NFL free agencies, NBA, all that stuff. But the biggest headline to happen in the past three months, Abilene Christian University upsets number three University of Texas. Go what, freaking what an upset. Wildcats. Go Wildcats. Scratch them cats. Woo. No, I am uh, more than happy to start talking some March Madness now. <laughs> but do remind me, as we leave basketball and get into yep. football, I have a perfect segue touching on those those super teams. But what a game. That was an incredible oh, game. Gosh. Yes, I agree. Um, I, I, my wife and I have already agreed that we will be naming our first child Joe Pleasant Cobb. Um, as Joe Pleasant was, for those of you who missed the game of the century, uh, Joe Pleasant was the ACU student athlete who stepped up to the line. I believe it was 1.6 seconds left. ACU was down by two. You make one, you go to overtime. You make two, you win. You make none, you lose. Down by one. We he down gets by up. One. Yeah. Down, yep, down by one. That's right. Steps up to the line. Knocks down one. We know we're going into overtime at least. Steps back up to the line. Knocks the second one down. We beat Texas. Oh, my gosh. Logan, you're, you're a little bit closer to Abilene and Austin than I am, just a tad. What, what was it like down there in, in Texas? The battle of two Texas teams, huge upset. What was going on? Oh, man. I mean, it was – that was the biggest news ACU has made maybe in forever. And I think yeah. I heard the roar from Abilene all the way over here, <laughs> but just barely over my own screams from my bedroom because I was oh going gosh. nuts when that happened. You know what Joe Pleasant has been? What is he, he has a massive set of onions. <laughs> he, he may not have a great free throw shooting percentage, but when he stepped to the line, did you see an ounce of nervousness on his face? He was calm and collected for Stone sure. Stone cold 100%. ice running through his veins. Man, we love talking football. Joe Pleasant didn't look like a basketball player, did he? Uh, he no, he, he really did He looked didn't. like he played um, defensive tackle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a big dude. He's one of those guys that, you know, looks like he would be playing defensive line rather than out on the basketball court. But oh my gosh! I mean, it was that was spectacular. I I I think hands down, it was the biggest sports moment in the history of of Abilene Christian. Yeah, it has to be. Like, I mean, I, I can't see any other way around that. And then mm. for Joe to knock down those free throws and then intercept the inbound pass to end the game definitively, mm. awesome mm-hmm. performance. It's unfortunate that they ran into the buzzsaw that was UCLA in the second round. Yep. Think about this, Wildcats. I know that y'all are listening, or probably a large percentage of our listeners. <laughs> we could not have faced a tougher round two team. In any matchup that we were, as 
a 14 seed, we were going to either play a 6 seed or an 11 seed. There was only one 6 or 11 seed left in the Final Four. I don't think there was another one left in the Elite Eight. So had we played mm. anybody else, we at least would have not lost by 20, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we could take a whole lot of comfort in the fact that we lost to UCLA, mm-hmm. which, I mean, played tremendously. And, I mean, I mean, think, like, just in, you know, I know listeners who are not part of the ACU family, thank you for being patient while we wax poetically about this. But, you know, it was Abilene Christian, small Abilene Christian went to, A, let's not forget that they only made the tournament the last tournament, right? So it got canceled because of COVID last year. And then the year before that, that was their first tournament they made. Mm-hmm. They were 16 seed. They played Kentucky, got demolished. And then they came back and played in their second ever NCAA tournament against big old Texas. I love what Joe Golding, the coach of the ACU men's basketball team said, you know, little old Abilene Christian beat Texas, beat big old Texas. And, you know, and so they went in, and not only did they beat Texas, but they got to play against UCLA. Mm-hmm. Like one of the – when it comes to college basketball, there's only a few teams that you, you know, consider the story, quote-unquote, franchises of college basketball. And UCLA is one of those. And so for the ACU to be in the likes of playing against Texas and UCLA and March Madness is just – I mean, it's nothing that I thought would happen when I was accepted to ACU, you know. I mean, I don't know about you, but, you know, we were transitioning to D1 at, around that time. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, let's be like, I, I'm, I, don't, I, I never thought that we would make the tournament, let alone, you know, get to the second round. It was incredible. Yeah, I was watching that whole game. I was like, man, I sure am glad they're keeping it close. This is, this is fun <laughs> to watch. Like, I'm so yep. proud of my alma mater. And then they win the dang thing. And they they lose to the team who was a last second running bank shot away from beating the undefeated uh, Gonzaga Bulldogs. So like yep. that was that was the game of the tournament. The Texas losing to ACU was you know in my book a, a close second, but that UCLA Gonzaga game was wild. Yep. Yeah, it really was, and. And I just want to say, you know, closing thoughts on that ACU game. Um, one of my friends told me, and I, I later saw a, a few other people mention this on social media about how probably everyone on ACU's basketball team grew up thinking, or at least a lot of those kids that grew up in Texas grew up thinking, oh man, you know, I could play, it would be a dream to play for the University of Texas one day on their court watching Kevin Durant do his thing when they were growing up. Um, and then sure enough, it's very likely a lot of those kids got passed mm-hmm. over by Texas. And so them being able to show Shaka Smart and UT that, you know, they're, they're worthy of, of uh, being in that position was, was just tremendous. And I, I mean, I just really felt for that. That was just so cool. Like, Best one of the highlights of Abilene Christian's 115 year history. Um, and you know, for those of you who aren't part of the ACU family, I hope you understand like it's 
that's why March Madness is so mm-hmm. cool. You know, it's I'm a Duke fan, and I I'll also add that <laughs> I was when Duke and ACU made the tournament two years ago. I thought to myself, "Wow, I better cherish this because who knows the next time my two schools will be <laughs> in March Madness." Let alone, I I thought it was going to be ACU that wasn't going to make the tournament. <laughs> But it was the it was the other way around, um, but like that's why March Madness is so cool because these schools that have little to no notoriety when it comes to some of their sports can all of a sudden go on the stage and make miracles happen, and you know the alums and the students and the teachers they get to watch it occur. So it's just it really like signified why March Madness is is so special. Yeah. And it wasn't all bad for Texas, you know, I, as a Texas fan and an ACU alum and an ACU fan, obviously, I'd like to say you're welcome, Texas, because Shaka Smart resigned and took the yeah. job at Marquette. And then we upgraded. Yep. We took Chris Beard from Texas Tech. We got a better coach from a rival. I'm happy <laughs> as a Texas mm-hmm. fan. Like, I mean, I really thought they were they were having a great year and they they were poised to go far in the tournament. But, well, you know, you win some, you lose some. Next year might be a different story with, with Chris Beard at the helm. Yeah, it was – and it's, it's crazy to think, like, you know, if Shaka Smart, you know, went to the Elite Eight or something, he'd probably still be there. And so the fact that ACU beat Texas and it had this ripple effect to the degree that the coach of the national runner-up – of two seasons ago mm-hmm. when they lost UVA changed schools indirectly because of ACU. It's just, I mean, it was, that's so crazy to think little old ACU can have that impact on college basketball as a, as mm-hmm. a whole. So, you know, so, all right, Logan. So tell us a little bit, this is, you know, a safe space, right? This is, no one's going to judge you. No one's going to make fun of you because we all have our, our shortcomings and our failures Tell us about your bracket. How did it do? And and can I just say, I'm just going to call you out on on nationally syndicated podcasting oh boy. Um, for all our listeners to hear that I found out somehow, somehow that Logan was in my brother-in-law's bracket <laughs> and I, oh, I was no. never invited to this. <laughs> I had no clue. I was like, Logan, why is Logan? And they've met once at my wedding. And I was like, why is Logan in my brother-in-law's bracket? <laughs> but I mean, okay. So I'm like, all right, Logan, you're sweeping in. I'm part of the family more than I am, I guess. But, <laughs> but you can justify yourself if you want to. But I just want to make it known that Logan was in my brother-in-law's bracket. And I didn't even get an invite. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not sour or anything. Well, listen, I have nothing to be ashamed of because they love me more than you. That's, that's on you, man. <laughs> they must. <laughs> no, I... Well, it all, it all started, you know, when uh, your brother-in-law invited me to his fantasy football league, which I assumed yep. that you were part of. And then <laughs> the league starts, and I'm like, where's Ben? <laughs> He's not here. Little did you know that you were replacing <laughs> me because they kicked me. No, they didn't kick me out. They just – it got it got a little too uh, – a little too time, uh, time requiring mm-hmm. of me. That's a very intense league. And they said – you know, uh, Logan is a fantasy football guru, so let's so swap him out. So, but no, it was all done obviously very amicably and everything. But 
that's I thought that was so funny. I I immediately knew why. I was like, oh yeah, Logan's like when I saw that, I heard of it. I forget. I was like, yeah, okay, it's got to be a fantasy football thing. But it was just so funny. Well, to, I'm I'm to, to learn that. I'll, I'll go ahead and tell on myself. I thought you were about to call me out for not picking ACU in a single bracket that I filled out. I picked Texas oh. in every one. How many brackets did you fill out? Uh, like three. I wasn't super into it this year because. <laughs> I, I think I, I filled out uh, the one with the Bradfords. I don't know if you saw them post on Facebook about it, but they, they do nope. one and mm-hmm. they were going to buy you $70 worth of queso if you won. So I was definitely going to enter that. <laughs> from where? From, from your where favorite queso, from? queso spot. They were going to give you a Whoa. gift card. So. Wow, I yeah, that. so I entered that and I didn't get contacted, so I'm pretty sure I lost. But <laughs> okay. my only I, – I haven't even really looked at my brackets since – probably the first night because I just knew how trash yeah. they were. My right. only claim to even decency is that I did put, I picked Gonzaga to win in every bracket. So I had one final four team at least. And I usually, mm-hmm. I think I picked Baylor as well. So I probably had two final four teams, but I don't think I had anything else worth even mentioning. <laughs> okay. All right. That's not bad. Um, I will say, that I, I guess I kind of went up to you in the degree that I, I picked ACU beating Texas, but I'm, I mean, I'm going to be completely transparent and honest. I, when I made that pick, I literally thought to myself, like, no way this is going to happen. I'm totally just picking them because it, that would be super fun and they're my team. And uh, I'll have like one, you know, if I, if I have one guaranteed loss, like that's not the end of the world. Um, and, you know, lo and behold, I ended up looking really smart just for my, uh, you know, for my pick that I picked on a whim, but that, yeah, that's not bad. I I had a, it sounded like similar bracket as far as final four goes to you. I had, um, I think Baylor in there, Gonzaga in there, but I had Gonzaga winning the whole mm-hmm. thing. And, uh, that was, whew, that was quite a game. Um, I want to make sure that we have time to talk at least a little bit of NFL free agency, but before we move on, what did you make of the, that national championship game? Man, that was fun to watch. Those guys wanted it bad. That was my mm-hmm. biggest takeaway was there were there were stretches where the both teams were sprinting for like two minutes straight. I don't I don't know how they didn't <laughs> yeah. fall out, but the they would and it not even just misses and turnovers, they'd make a bucket and someone would step one foot out and chunk the ball to a sprinting outlet who was running down the court and pushing it again. It was yeah. It was intense and super proud of Baylor. That was they played a great game, capped off a great season. Yeah, for sure. It was one of the best college basketball performances I think I've ever watched just from a team perspective because they put together the very very rare combination of hustle and skill. Mm-hmm. Like they they not only like hustled so hard and played such great defense that game but they also shot the lights out yeah. and just were, I mean, in Gonzaga, I mean, Gonzaga was trying to hustle. They were trying to have skill, but they were, I mean, it's crazy that Gonzaga was outmatched, but they were outmatched and they were outcoached. Um, I think um, Drew Scott outcoached Mark Few, which Mark Few is a great coach, but I think in that game, I don't think Mark Few had an answer for the offense that they're running, which was interesting because I thought it was a fairly simple offense i'm sure it wasn't but it you know there are many times when they're doing a little like high pick and roll and then a little action at the post and then you basically drive in dish it to the guy at the baseline or dish it to the guy at the 
a little step in from the free throw line and they shoot from there. So it was a heck of a game. Um, I was kind of bummed because I wanted it to be close, but it, at the same time, I mean, it was tremendous watching how good Baylor yeah. played. Oh my gosh. It was so. perfect. There was one moment where uh, the commentators were talking about, I believe their exact comment was they were talking about D- Davion Mitchell had the ball for Baylor and they said, now he'll make you look silly. And as they said the word silly, the player guarding him reached and Davion Mitchell blew past him before he could turn, his defender could turn around and he was at the bucket. And it, he, oh I, every game I watched, he did that to like five or six different guys. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. That dude is legit quick. Uh, oh man. Do you remember the, uh, here's the Gatorade commercials and Nike commercials uh, way back in the day, LaDainian Tomlinson had a, quote that i loved it was it was like quicker than french toast or something it made no sense but that's what it, that's what davion mitchell was he was quicker than french toast all right on the uh on monday night a couple of weeks ago but man yeah so that's so that was crazy so we've covered nba we've covered march madness um now you know we'll leave a few mm-hmm. minutes for just kind of our bread and butter, which I'm sure we'll have many, many more episodes about the past, present, and future, free agency, and drafts in the NFL. But woo, we had a lot of things happen in the NFL with free agency yeah. in the past few months. So let me know, like, what is your, well, as, what, what are your thoughts around free as agency? As we jump into it, just on the NFL discussion first, a little more broad. Yeah. I, I've been, this has been mulling in the back of my mind and, Prepare for just a short mini rant, okay? So, okay. Love super it. teams, right? In the NBA, we we hate them, and we they become some some teams become a super team after they win a championship, such as the Spurs, such as the Warriors. So they weren't really no one was looking at the Warriors or the Spurs as a super team before they won their first championship, right? Right, right. So let's switch over to the NFL. Right now, if you had to name a super team, I'd venture to bet that you're going to pick the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Am I right? Um, as far as like personnel-wise, yes, but the acquisition style is vastly mm-hmm. different than what the NBA right. has done. But you, you know, you had a, a super talented core, and then you added a the greatest of all time, arguably, in Tom Brady into there, making, you know. Mm-hmm. But even then, there were still a lot of doubters that said, I don't even think they're going to make the playoffs. They're definitely not going to win a Super Bowl. I was one of those. I, didn't think, I yep. didn't think they had it. I didn't think Tom Brady had it. But then what do we do when mm-hmm. they win a Super Bowl? Everyone on that team, their image – whether, it's not really their attributes, but it's their image is elevated. It happens every single year. Look back at when the Eagles won. Nick Foles gets elevated. Uh, their defensive line, all of those guys were seen as, you know, superstars and pro bowlers. Um, skip yep. back even further, I think a great example, maybe the best example of this, is when the Broncos won the Super Bowl with Peyton Manning. So again, yep. a super team, mm-hmm. you know, they, they plucked Peyton Manning from free agency and plugged him in to a team that already had 
up and coming stars and Demarius Thomas. And um, I believe they had Emmanuel Sanders at that time and Eric Decker. And then on defense, they had Von Miller and they plucked DeMarcus Ware from the Cowboys in free agency. They plugged him in there. But the guys that got contracts after that, think about this. Julius Thomas. Have we talked about him yep. <laughs> ever since he left the Broncos? Oh, no, I think he, he went to the Jacksonville. And it's good that he went there because that's a good place yeah, to retire. Yeah, and that's, that's what happens. Uh, let's see. Uh, they had a defensive lineman. I believe it was Malik Jackson. Mm-hmm. I think he went to the Eagles. And he looked like a... <laughs> Defensive player of the year when he was playing on that defensive line with Von Miller and DeMarcus Ware. When he left, we haven't ever heard of him again. Mm-hmm. So I get to this because um, Colin Cowherd, give him a shout out. I, I listen because that's what my local radio uh, broadcasts. And he's not as bad as I used to think. But Colin Cow- Cowherd was talking about the Cowboys and their. Uh, saying how devoid of talent they are. Well, that's just because they haven't won. That doesn't mean that they can't put it together. It takes a little magic, you know, to put it all together. Mm-hmm. I believe that they have enough talent that's comparable to um, Tampa Bay, that's comparable to teams that have won the Super Bowl. They just have to put it together. Last year, they lose their superstar quarterback and – they have a defensive coordinator who was not making it work. This year they've gone to a proven coordinator with a proven system in Dan Quinn, and they get Dak back healthy, and they have the 10th overall pick to add hopefully a piece yeah. to that defense or reassure that offensive line. They, they did some things in free agency that were good. So what they're missing, in my mind, is a little bit of that magic. Like they've, they've got to capture some of that. Tom Brady – brought that in in preparation and in confidence to Tampa Bay. I'm not yep. sure what the secret recipe is going to be for the Cowboys if they're going to make it happen, but I don't believe that they're at a huge deficit in the talent department. I just think that we look and we compare them to Tampa Bay, and you're looking at every single one of those guys in an elevated image because they just came off a Super Bowl championship. Correct. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree with your, uh, with your point about the amplification of, of how talented players are directly after winning a Super Bowl. And the first guy that came to mind for me was Joe Flacco. Yep. I mean, I mean that, you know, that's going back almost 10 years now in 2012. But he, you know, now I'll say he, he didn't just play well in the Super Bowl. He had a tremendous mm-hmm. playoff stretch. But, you know, he was a – I would say average to back then, maybe slightly above average quarterback. Um, and then he had a very good postseason. Went on the run, they won the Super Bowl, and then he got paid, mm-hmm. and it it hampered the Ravens basically until they got Lamar Jackson. So for years, and now, uh, now he's oh gosh, still with the Jets, I think. No, um, he's with the, he signed with he, the Eagles. Okay, that's right. I, I thought he had some sort of um, recent transition, but yeah. And so I definitely agree with that. Um, and it, it's weird because you see like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers bringing back each of their players and it's like, all right, like that's, that's good for them because it's obviously a recipe that worked. But if it was like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were able to resign um, 
like, you know, one of the guys that they were talking about was Shaq Barrett, you know, who, who had a really good season two seasons ago, had an okay season last year, but he's by far, like far from one of the best edge rushers in the NFL. Mm -hmm. And so when he got re-signed this year, man, they, they just, it was like, you know, they had made the best offseason move in the, uh, in the offseason. And so it was, you know, it's very, it is a very strange phenomenon that, um, that I, I think you make a really good point. And I will also add that it's one thing to do what the Buccaneers did in keeping that core and keeping those, that core group of players. Um, and, and that typically has a good recipe. You look at the Patriots dynasty mm-hmm. and that typically works well to keep those core guys. But it's another thing to take those guys, like you were saying, to take those guys from after the Super Bowl win and, and then put them in another franchise and expect them to perform in the same right. way. Like, like you mentioned, Julius Thomas, um, you know, it just doesn't really work because you take them out of that franchise that they're used to. They're not surrounded by those other star players. Uh, it's just a recipe for a disaster. So good observation. Uh, agree with you. Also agree that the Cowboys have um, good talent. Um, I want to say they're talent, the most talented team, but they're far from the least talented team. So, and they've got more than enough to, I think, make a deep playoff run. So probably disagree with uh, Colin Cowherd. Agree with you. So good insight. Was there, as we're kind of closing in on the, the end of the episode, what was your biggest thing that happened in free agency? Out of all that happened over the past few months, what was the thing that made you say, oh, my gosh? Oh, man. Um, man, I'm, I'm more intrigued by the trades. And most of that's sure. leading into the draft, you know, with the, the 49ers going up, the, uh, the Jets definitively going for quarterback at number two and trading Sam Darnold to the Panthers. What do the Panthers do now at, at eight? They were able to acquire Sam Darnold without giving up that eighth pick overall. Um, that's, that's kind of what I'm, I've really been most interested in. I, what the, the free agent moves to me have been slightly underwhelming, I guess a lot of the big names, you know, Dak resigns, um, the the Buccaneers took kept all of their big players, their key players. Um, yep. The Chiefs made some interesting moves on their offensive line, um, yep. which are never going to make you know huge headlines. But you know that's why they lost the, the Super Bowl was not right. having a solid offensive line. Um, so what what stuck out to you? Yeah, you know, it, I think the most interesting thing for me um, and you know, obviously this is a, a hot topic and would necessitate a lot more discussion on it, but it's, it's the Deshaun Watson saga, mm. what's been going on with him recently. And, you know, obviously we're not going to get into <clears throat> diving in too far about it here, but it's been interesting to me um, from the standpoint of the ripple effect that has had in the NFL, because all of a sudden when you see Deshaun Watson, you know, maybe not being a viable candidate to, to trade for anymore, yeah. then that starts the ripple effect that happens down to all the way down to what we saw within the past couple of weeks of um, like you mentioned with San Francisco trading and knowing that, you know, maybe they're not interested in John Watson, but they could trade up to get the third overall pick and go from there. So it just had so many ripple effects around the league that I think from like a free agency perspective and how free agency is so intertwined with all 32 teams, it was really fascinating to see 
Um, it, I mean, it's, it's, it's somewhat similar to if Deshaun Watson were to like tear his ACL mm-hmm. or something, you know, if he was uh, in like off season workout, you know, if he became like an inviable candidate to trade for, then it had, you know, it would have a huge ripple effect. And so that was fascinating for me to see. The other thing that I'll just say, and this would be a good topic for our discussion in our next podcast, again, listeners, be sure to join our next podcast where we talk about the draft. What the 49ers do in number three, yes. because everyone is, I mean, everybody's talking about this, right? And everybody's, you know, people have been saying, oh, Mac Jones. That was the first kind of, that was the first theory that, that gained traction. And then um, paralleling with that was Justin Fields slipping to like past 10 in some of these mock drafts. And so it was a really weird dynamic. And then then it's now some people are thinking, oh, maybe it's not Mac Jones. Maybe it's going to be Justin Fields. So it's, it's a really weird, I mean, I think we pretty much established that it's going to go Trevor Wilson, Zach Wilson, or Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, but that number three spot, what do they do? That's, that's the biggest thing that I'm going to be very, very interested to watch um, really solely because of how much Mac Jones has gained traction mm-hmm. for in that position. So that's going to be fun to watch. But as you said, that was precipitated by, your highlighted uh, free agency move with the 49ers acquiring all the draft capital in the world. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think as we kind of close out the one thing and probably next week's episode, I'm not sure what format we'll discuss it in, but we probably won't go deep on the quarterbacks as much as what the teams do, you know? So let's take just a minute and let's look at these quarterbacks in this draft. Um, I'll, I'll go, I'll walk through them in kind of my order of, of ranking. Um, I've got, obviously Trevor Lawrence is number one, but Ben, is he's going to be as good as Andrew Luck? What do you think? No, no, he won't be as good as Andrew Luck. Um, and I think we, we forget how good mm-hmm. Andrew Luck was because he retires early, uh, and how bad that Colts team was. I mean, he took a team that was garbage and made them a content, like legitimate AFC contenders yeah. within two yep. years. I mean, it was, he was, if he was still playing, you know, he would be on his way to potentially Hall of Fame. So, you know, Trevor Lawrence, I think he'll be good, but to say he's will be as good as Andrew Luck, I think is a, is a far, far yes, away. Yes. I'll say potential future Pro Bowler. I'm not even going to say that I think he's in the Hall of Fame realm. Like, there's so much left to prove. My biggest issues with him yeah. is his frame at carrying only 213 pounds in 6'5 or 6'6. That's thin. That's, that's fragile. And then yep. um, his throwing motion. He has a, an elongated throwing motion that I don't know why no one is talking about. But it's the same thing that Colin Kaepernick had um, when he came out. And I, I kind of noticed it. And everyone was you know, really excited about his, him as a prospect or him as a player after he took the uh, 49ers to the Super Bowl. I said, I just don't think he's going to last because I don't think he's an excellent passer. Um, So Trevor Lawrence is going to have to get that fixed. He's a very talented person, obviously the best player in the draft. Zach Wilson, number, not Zach Wilson. I'm going to put Justin Fields number two because you look at these next few guys Every one of them, if you listen to draft scouts, to coaches, they're going to tell you, oh, he's smart. He has excellent recall. He has excellent command of the offense. Uh, Audible's at the line. They all do it. There is no 
discernible drop off, at least not that someone not super, super plugged in can tell um, from the outside there on, on the intelligence level or the ability to run an offense. So you don't, don't try to convince me that, that uh, Justin Fields is less capable of learning the offense than any of these other guys. Yeah, so, yep. No, I'm, I, I won't try to convince you of that. I'm right there with you. I put Justin Fields at my two, mm-hmm. actually. Yeah, and so just like because you. the the then the factor is he's the best athlete and thrower of the football quarterback prospect physically after Trevor Lawrence. So mm-hmm. those factors combined, I'm putting him at number two. So the big discussion yep. for me is: Do you go Trey Lance three, or do you go Zach Wilson three? And that I think is more of a preference. Those guys are probably um, probably about equal, um, just in different, different ways. Um, Trey Lance is an excellent runner, um, probably going to play the position a lot like Cam Newton played. And, but I think probably a more accurate passer than Cam Newton. So maybe even a, a higher upside. Um, and that's saying a lot being that Cam Newton was a number one overall pick and has won an MVP. Zach Wilson is a guy that is, um, immensely talented arm wise and a good athlete. Um, but let's stop with the Patrick Mahomes comparisons. He's not Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. He wasn't putting up 700 yards at BYU and he should have been if you want to compare him to Patrick Mahomes because he was facing lesser competition. So if you want a comparison for that kind of player, let's look at Jordan Love, who has struggled to make a roster spot for Green Bay. Um, not saying no. he's not that good. I think there's probably a lot of other things that he has going for him that Jordan Love doesn't. Um, but let's calm down the hype train on Zach Wilson. Um, I'll put him number four. I'll go Trey Lance number three um, because at least uh, North Dakota State has proven that they can provide rosterable, rosterable quarterbacks in the league given that they've given us Carson Wentz and Easton stick, both still in the league, both um, at least holding down jobs in some sort of fashion. Zach Wilson, number four. um, And then Mac Jones, number five. Um, Again, don't try to convince me that because of his command of the offense is so much better than all these guys ahead of him. And that's why you should draft him at three. Um, He's the least talented of those top five. Yes. He had an incredible season. Uh, the comparison to, uh, Joe Burrow is, is probably apt, but Joe Burrow in this class may not fare as well either. And he had the, one of the best college football seasons ever. And so did Matt Jones, but so I'll put him number five. Um, I know there's a few more guys that may end up a little above this, but I have one final note and that is Sam Ellinger is better than Kellen Mond. Can't change my mind. I don't know where they'll go, nice. but that's just – and that's that's my UT bias coming out. Um, but Nice. Never I agree loved, with that. Never loved Kellen Mond at a and I, like I, I can say that unbiasedly. I never thought he was a, a super talented prospect or wasn't – if he was a super talented prospect, not living up to his potential in, in the way that he played. Sam Ellinger got every ounce of what he could out of that offense and – I think he he's a winner. I know he's not a super accurate passer, um, but he could be a guy like Jalen Hurts that comes in and and gives some spark and does something different. So we'll see how that goes. 
I would love to have Sam Ellinger as my backup. Oh, yeah. 100%. I would love that. Uh, agreed on most accounts. Agreed. Sam Ellinger over Kellen Mond. Uh, and pretty much same exact QB rankings. I would probably flip uh, Lance and Wilson. But, I, you know, at, at this point, it's, it's really – it's hard to tell. So there are no bad rankings except – Potentially, if the 49ers pick Mac Jones, which we'll let you know if they do in our next draft episode, and then you'll find out that we're probably wrong, and the 49ers will probably do the exact opposite <laughs> of what we predict in our draft episode coming up. But it's been fun, Logan. This is, whew, man, this has been a roller coaster. We've covered, we've covered uh, three professional sports, one collegiate sport. Uh, we're just over one hour runtime. We've, we've compacted somehow three months of sports of the sports world into a one hour show. Um, and I think we've set up our listeners hopefully very nicely for the next few mm. weeks, as far as the NFL is concerned. Logan, any closing final thoughts, best wishes to our listeners until we return, which it won't be three months. No, uh, it won't be three months. And again, guys, <laughs> just think about it. You just got, a full hour of content covering three sports where if you were listening to the radio, you would have heard about 15 minutes of commercials by now. So you're welcome. <laughs> That's right. I love it. I love your little anti-radio Colin Cow horror <laughs> stick today. I love that, that attitude and those vibes. Um, but yeah, listeners, thanks so much for chiming in. As Logan said at the beginning of the episode, feel free to reach out, communicate with us, let us know your draft questions. And we will definitely answer it on our next upcoming draft episode. Stick with us. Let us know what you think of the show. You can subscribe, rate, and review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure, especially on Apple Podcasts, to rate us because that optimizes our search engine when people say best subscribe to podcasts out there that talks about sports. Boom, we would come up. Um, maybe not, maybe not the very first, but we'd come in probably in the top 500. So <laughs> go rate us on Apple Podcasts. We appreciate it and uh, help us to get more listeners. Tell your friends, family, mom and dad, hi. It's been too long. I'll call you soon. Um, but until next time, go ACU. <laughs> <laughs>